0: Hey everybody, welcome back to episode 8 of Sword and Spirit, a podcast by First Baptist Church of Bay St. Louis, Mississippi. Today we're going to be starting another mini-series. Uh, this episode is titled, The Identity of the Holy Spirit.
1: Hey church family, we're so glad you're, you you've joined us today for a special uh, talk concerning the Holy Spirit. Today we're talking about who is the Holy Spirit in general? And so our next episode, we'll talk about the implications of the Holy Spirit. But today, we're talking about the identity of the Holy Spirit. So I'm here with our associate pastor, Dustin Pierce, and R.J. Osborne, producing our podcast. Man, it's been a long time since we've done this, guys. Uh, what, what's taken place since the last time we met?
2: Oh, man, tons of things. We've had Go Day, and we have our new evangelism uh, plan that we're going through. And, oh, man, just all kinds of things that we've been Rolling out the carpet for.
1: Yeah, our church is excited about reaching people and the enthusiasm to uh, really pray and seek God's heart uh, and his help and helping us to take the hope of the gospel to our city. So, if we're deficient in any theology, if we're deficient in any part of the Godhead today, you know, I believe that it is concerning the Holy Spirit. That's where we're limited. And it's maybe that we, we don't understand or, or sometimes we don't even know how to relate to, to Him. And, you know, while we don't have the answers of why that is, especially in Baptist circles, we, we do know that God's Word has a lot to say concerning uh, the Holy Spirit. But just as we, as you are maybe riding down the road in your car uh, or as you're maybe sitting— um, on your back porch, listen to this episode. Uh, I want to just ask you if you can just simply say a simple prayer to the Lord right now. Just say, God, would you show me something new and accurate concerning your Holy Spirit? Um, and I think God will honor that. You know, the Holy Spirit, He's not a force. Uh, we, many people in our church staff and in our church, love Star Wars. Right? We do we have any Mandalorian fans out there? What about you, Dustin? If you watch Mandalorian. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. You can't can't beat that classic Western almost yeah. Western esque. Yeah, it's really genre. well really well done and I think it's what, sixteen more days to the the next season comes out, so that's fun. It's a nice clean thing for your family to watch so far. Uh but you know, the Holy Spirit is not a force like in Star Wars. It's not he's not an it, he's a person. He is God, and we believe the Bible teaches that He has all the characteristics of the Godhead. So, uh, Dustin, tell us, you know, really, when you think about the Holy Spirit, who He is, you you really kind of have to go back to the Trinity, Father, Son, Holy Spirit. So why don't you, let's start there in our conversation.
2: Yeah, absolutely. So the first thing we have to understand about the Trinity are these three aspects. First of all, that the Trinity is God— in three persons. So you have to understand the fact that God is three persons Father, Son, Holy Ghost, Holy Spirit. And then you have to understand that each one of those persons, each one of those people, is fully God. But then you also have to understand that it is a big deal, made very evident, especially in places like Deuteronomy chapter 6, that there is only one God. So it's one God in three persons, all fully God and so the problem is that this sort of falls apart whenever you try to use uh, any kind of metaphor. Uh, for example, you can say God is like water, He's mm-hmm. ice, liquid, and steam. but the problem is water is never all three of those things at once right and so every metaphor falls apart at some in some way or another. And so the best way to describe it is to look at one of the early creeds of the church, the Athanasius Creed. Here's just a a snippet from that creed. It says, We worship one God in Trinity, and Trinity in unity, neither confusing persons nor separating the substance. For the Father is one person, the Son is another, and the Spirit is another. But the deity of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit is one, equal in glory, co-eternal in majesty." So the best way to describe the Trinity is right there, and that's a little bit confusing, but basically you can surmise it by saying God is three persons, each person is fully God, and there is one God. Now, we don't want to get confused and make some uh, common heretical mistakes like modalism. Modalism is that there is one God, but He shows up in different forms. Uh, for example, I heard uh, a t- tele recently uh, get very Uh, critiqued for the fact that he said that the Holy Spirit is Jesus come in a different form. Well, that's modalism. That's heresy. Uh, Then there's Arianism that denies that any of the persons of the Trinity are divine except for the Father. Basically, it says that the Son and the Spirit were created by the Father to play a divine role, but they are not the head of the Trinity. Uh, And then adoptionism is this idea that Jesus himself is not even divine. He was simply a man who was adopted into the identity of God, which is uh, just obviously heresy. And then partialism is the idea that each person of the Trinity is part of the whole, which isn't true. Like they all have their own unique persons, and yet they are one God, three persons each one being fully God. So there are all these heresies out there, and we have to understand that there is a very specific definition of the Trinity, but it's also very evident throughout the Scriptures in a lot of different ways.
1: Very cool. So, you know, we are New Testament believers. We're on this side of the cross. We're on this side of the resurrection. Uh, The Holy Spirit has come at Pentecost. But all of the truth about the Holy Spirit that we have in the Old Testament, all of that still applies. And so I don't want to jump ahead too far, but, uh, does Dustin, help us go way back. Uh, many people think, I uh, think they just assume that the Holy Spirit uh, just shows up in the book of Acts, and it's, it's like, okay, now this is how God's working through the Holy Spirit. But uh, what does the Bible teach about the history of the Holy Spirit?
2: Oh, yeah, absolutely. So all the way back to the creation, you see, God, whenever He makes man, He says, Let us make man in our own image. And so you know that the Holy Spirit is involved in creation from that point on. And in fact, uh, next week, whenever we talk about the role of the Holy Spirit, I'm going to, to delve in that a little bit further and how the Holy Spirit is involved even in creation. And so we see just throughout the Bible, the Holy Spirit is involved even in the Old Testament. But the Holy Spirit does work a little bit differently in the Old Testament. In fact, uh, we see that the Holy Spirit in the Old Testament almost has this transferable nature. Uh, Moses is filled with the Holy Spirit, and God, uh, to protect Moses, gives him elders of Israel to work under him. And it's the Holy Spirit almost transfers from Moses and gets divided up a little bit and put on some of these different men. And then we see that Saul, after he had disobeyed God time and time again, the Holy Spirit left him and entered into David. And then we see something very similar happen with Elijah. The spirit of Elijah comes onto the mm-hmm. uh, Elisha, his uh, predecessor. And so we see all these things uh, happen throughout the Old Testament as the Holy Spirit is just transferred from one person to another. But not only that, but the Holy Spirit doesn't dwell on all of God's people. In fact, the the same instance where... Some of the spirit that's on Moses is divided up among some of the elders. Uh, Joshua comes to Moses and says, hey, two of the elders are in the camp, and they're prophesying, and they're not here with us. And Moses says, I wish that all the people of Israel had the spirit like that. And so we know that in the Old Testament, just because you were part of the nation of Israel and just because you were part of the people of God did not mean that the Holy Spirit would come on you. Now we know Joel, he would prophesy later that God would pour out his spirit on all people. And we also know that in the book of Acts, the Holy Spirit does come on believers. And so in the New Testament, we know that the paradigm begins to shift. But in the Old Testament, we also see that the Holy Spirit could come on someone and then leave them. It didn't necessarily stay on them. For example, uh, Balaam in Numbers, he prophesies and the Holy Spirit comes on him. But we don't see him do that very often, and he has to pray for that to happen And then we see all throughout the book of Judges, like Gideon and Jephthah, uh, even uh, Samson, the Holy Spirit would come on them. They would do something incredible, but they wouldn't have the Holy Spirit on them for their entire lives. But we know that in the New Testament, we see that we are sealed with the Holy Spirit in Ephesians 1-3, and even Isaiah prophesied that the Spirit would come and never depart. And so we see lots of examples of this throughout the Bible. The Spirit would come to people but it wouldn't necessarily stay on them. So the way the Spirit worked in the Old Testament is a little different from the way it works in the New Testament, and primarily that would be because of we are reconciled and redeemed in the New Testament to where through Christ working in us and the righteousness of God being placed on us, the Spirit can now fill us, seal us for salvation, and play a whole new role in our lives because of what Jesus has done on the cross.
1: Mm. Did you guys get all of that? (laughs) Very good. So, uh, when we think about who is the Holy Spirit, okay, we have God the Father, and and this is so hard to fully grasp because we are finite. We are, you know, we we uh, are limited in our capacity to understand. And so, the, the Holy Spirit really is a mystery. Paul, the Apostle Paul, called it a mystery called Him a mystery, Christ in us, the hope of glory, or really the fact that the Spirit indwells the believer. Um, I I love in John chapter 14, Jesus was sharing, He said, Let not your hearts be troubled. Believe in God. Believe also in Me. In My Father's house are many rooms. And so Jesus is getting ready uh, to go prepare a place for for all of His children, go sit at the right hand of the Father. And so we know that He... Uh, then when he ascends, he sends the Holy Spirit, right, to come right. And to finish uh, the work and to help be with the believers. Uh, Thomas, after Thomas hears that, the Apostle Thomas, whom we all love because he was just so uh, honest and transparent, he says, Lord, uh, we're going to need directions to that place if you want us to show up later, basically is what he says. and And then Jesus says the famous line, I'm the way, the truth, and the life. And so, Thomas is probably scrambling, thinking, okay, now what's that address? Can I, we need to put that in the GPS real quick. Uh, how do we get there? And, and so in verse 8, Philip has a Trinity crisis. He says, Lord, show us the Father, and it is enough for us. And Jesus said, have I been with you so long, and you still do not know me, Philip? Whoever has seen me has seen the Father. How can you say, show us the Father? Do you not believe that I am in the Father, and the Father in me? The words I say to you, I do not speak on my own authority, but the Father who dwells in me does his work. And so uh, then he follows that up. Jesus talks about the Father, talks about himself, that he and the Father are one, including the Holy Spirit. And then he talks about uh, the Holy Spirit will be in you, which he uses future tense, because at that point, the Holy Spirit had not come to dwell inside of them yet. And so we'll get into the next episode about all that that means in our life uh, but if we're we're not careful, when we think about the Holy Spirit, we'll start, especially in our Bible Belt mentality, we'll start thinking. Especially, you hear all the music on the radio. You, you, you know, our we're so me centered in our culture. We'll start to think, even reading the latest Christian books at Lifeway or wherever, that the Holy Spirit exists for us, and that's just not true. That that's not biblical. Um, the Holy Spirit's doing a lot more things besides helping believers, you know, helping us. We are not the center of the universe. Uh, Jesus is. And so, uh, Dustin, why don't you, uh, let's finish up talking about, you know, exactly who is the Holy Spirit.
2: Yeah, absolutely. So, as you were saying, now we do know that the Holy Spirit is our personal connection to the Trinity, that In our postmodern world, that experientialism has become a big deal Mm -hmm. and the, uh, the Holy Spirit is how we experience God in our lives. But at the same time, we need to understand, like you were saying, that the Holy Spirit is not just here for us, that the Holy Spirit is God or the Holy Spirit is divine. And so throughout the Bible, we see places where the Holy Spirit is used interchangeably with God. For example, in Acts chapter 5 uh, with Ananias and Sapphira, uh, Peter says that they have lied to God, but he also says that they have lied to the Holy Spirit. Uh, we see that also in several other places like 1 Corinthians three sixteen through 17 as uh, the believer's body is the temple of God, but in that same passage, it's referred to as the temple of the Holy Spirit. Uh, throughout the Bible, the Holy Spirit is given some attributes of God. Uh, for example, in 1 Corinthians two ten through 11, it seems as if uh, the Holy Spirit is being referred to as omniscient, just like how God is omniscient. No one can know the thoughts of the Father uh, except the Holy Spirit. In Luke chapter 1, verse 35, we see that the Holy Spirit has power of the Most High. They're used synonymously. Uh, in Hebrews 9.14, we see that the Holy Spirit is eternal. So we see all these attributes of God, how the Holy Spirit is used interchangeably with God, and how sometimes the Holy Spirit is involved in the works of God, like creation. Or in Titus 3.5, uh, the Holy Spirit is uh, what God used to renew us. Mm-hmm. Uh, the giving of Scripture in 2 Timothy 3.16, it says that you know God, the Scripture is God-breathed, but literally, we see again in Second Peter one twenty one that the prophets were carried along by the Spirit. So the Spirit and God are doing the same work in inspiring Scripture. So throughout the Bible, the attributes of God, He's used interchangeably with God, the works of God, and let's not forget that He's mentioned. Inner, I mean, He's mentioned alongside the other parts of the Trinity or not parts of the Trinity, persons of the Trinity, uh, all throughout the Bible. For example. Uh, in the Great Commission, baptizing them in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. I mean, just you can look at Ephesians, and in multiple passages, Paul will start getting excited, and he'll throw out all these characteristics of God, and then Jesus, and then the Holy Spirit, just one after the other. So that he's used along with the other persons of the Trinity. And then he also is a person. He has personality. In the Greek, uh, the word for spirit is usually used with a neuter uh, article, except whenever it's referring to the Holy Spirit, then a masculine article is used in reference to the Holy Spirit, which is a big deal because it tells us he's a person and that it's not an it, it's a, it's a he, that we see also that alongside the rest of the Trinity that they're used interchangeably. In the same passage you were talking about earlier when uh, Jesus is saying that The Spirit will come in His place that shows personhood, presence of the Holy Spirit, that He is an actual person and not just some force out in the world. He's also personified in uh, the book of Acts in several places, but especially in Acts chapter 15 at the Jerusalem Council, they listen to the Holy Spirit as if the Holy Spirit is speaking to them. And so we know that Jesus, I mean that the Holy Spirit is a person. You see, I'm so caught up in the trinity here i just use yeah. jesus and the holy spirit the interchangeably. main
1: character in the book of acts is is not the apostle paul or peter the the main character in the in the book of acts is the holy spirit
2: that's right the right. holy spirit representing all the the godhead mm. that's good
1: well uh, before we transition to our our next episode and talking about uh applications implications and and the roles of the holy spirit is there anything else you'd like to share uh dp
2: uh, yeah, absolutely. I just want to make sure our hearers understand that when you go to research the Holy Spirit, the the word Spirit in the Bible does not necessarily mean the Holy Spirit. You're going to come across the word Spirit, and it could mean breath or wind. Uh, that same word is in Greek and Hebrew can be translated either way, Spirit or breath and wind, and then a Sometimes it refers to spiritual beings Sometimes it refers to a person's soul A person's vitality Their emotional zeal uh, The essence of something So just because you come to a passage And it says the word spirit in it Doesn't mean it's the Holy Spirit So you need to understand that as you begin to Study this more deeply And try to understand who is the Holy Spirit Uh, So just pay attention to that Usually if the word spirit is capitalized You're pretty certain That's that's the Holy Spirit right there So if, if you go on to study this further, just make sure you understand that so that way you don't begin to create some strange view about the Holy Spirit that no one's ever had before.
1: Yeah, uh, oftentimes when you see those adjectives uh, concerning God uh, in the New Testament, in the English, if it's capitalized, some of our translations are great about that. They do the work for you. Uh, it's talking about God through the Holy Spirit, the form of God. Okay, well, we um, did we share a definition? Um, we for, did for share at the beginning the the creed
2: that des- describes the Holy Spirit. Mm-hmm. Um, but there's many things you could say about Do the Holy to Spirit. You sing that for us today? Just kidding. oh, definitely not. Uh, I'm not even sure we I know what it, it says in the original Latin. Couldn't tell you. But well, I mean, we definitely know that there are all kind of Bible verses that describe the Holy Spirit. Um, Psalm one thirty nine seven almost describes him as uh, omnipresent. Where shall I go to escape from your spirit? Isaiah forty thirteen he's immeasurable. John fourteen sixteen through seventeen he's a helper. John fourteen twenty six it says the Holy Spirit is a teacher. He brings things to remembrance. Mm-hmm. In John fifteen twenty six and then in Acts five thirty two the Holy Spirit witnesses about Jesus. In John sixteen thirteen he's a guide to truth. He declares things that are to come. In Acts eight, the Holy Spirit gives power to witness. In Acts 6.10, uh, again, the Holy Spirit is this powerful witness that cannot be refuted. Uh, in 2 Corinthians 3.18, the Holy Spirit is Lord. So there are all kind of Bible verses. Those are just to name a few where you could go and find many, many descriptions that help shape your view of the Holy Spirit. Mm-hmm.
1: That's so good, man. Those verses, uh, just hearing those verses just reminds us me that you know God has not called us to do anything apart from his help He's given us his spirit but yet every day many of us try to go forward serving God uh, sharing the gospel, having our prayer time, having our Bible time on our own strength that's right. and, and that's not what God desires for us he he sees our weaknesses you know the Lord he knows our fallacies he knows our weak spots and that's why he's given us his spirit. Uh, to make up for all of those deficiencies. Well, I hope that uh, your mind has been expanded a little bit and that uh, you have learned a little bit about the Holy Spirit. And so we just want to say uh, we love you guys and hope you have a great, great week. And uh, we'll drop an episode next week talking about uh, the implications of the Holy Spirit.
0: This concludes today's episode of Sword and Spirit. If you like this episode, be sure to hit that subscribe button to stay up to date on all of our future content. Speaking of future content, our next episode is titled The Implications of the Holy Spirit, and you definitely won't want to miss that. Also, be sure to check out our website, fbcbsl.org, for more news and information on everything going on in our church. That's all for today.